For my foe to your foe. They go. I want easy money. We get easy money. Man, South Foot. Gang! Yeah. Hey. I got the answers. I got the answers. I got the answers. Oh, you do? I got the answers. I got the answers. I got the answers. Okay, cool. They have the answers. We bought that action. We have the facts. I'm with the man South Foot, and he say facts. Let's go. I got the answers. I got the answers. I got the answers. I got the answers, I got the answers. Let's go. They having answers, we bout that action, we having facts. I'm with the mayor, South Fortnite, he saying facts. Guys, what's going on? Uh, I want to say Falcons fans, but obviously I service the Colts now. You know what I'm saying? So Colts fans, Colts Nation for the shoe. What's going on, guys? Welcome to my podcast. Today isn't team specific anyway. So that's why I'm, I was going to claim the Colts today. Uh, don't get mad at me, Falcons fans, for switching up this quick. But I've been a diehard for so long. I've been a diehard for so long. I, I I did the seasons when we were sorry and repped them. You know what I'm saying? And now that we, we've gotten rid of Matt and we're in a rebuild, I think it's time for me to jump ship. I will be back, though, when you guys make this get the crew together. You know what I'm saying? But... Uh, for now, I'm I'm a Colts fan, man. We got we got a chance, baby. <laughs> AFC South, you know what I'm talking about. But that's neither here nor there. Um, we got some cool news out. Some really cool news that uh, I think needs to be shared. All right. So yesterday, um, yesterday was Wednesday. Yesterday at Wednesday, Bruce Aarons, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Announced that he is retired from the NFL as a head coach. He's going to step into um, administrative role uh, in the front office, but he is no longer a head coach. But that's not the story. I don't care about Bruce Harris. The story is more so two things: why he did this and who he left it to. Okay, so let's get into the why. And this is from his words. Now, I don't know if it's medically like something medical happened and then he's making this decision. But in his words, he felt like this was the best time. He's He's been there three years. He's coached a lot. Got his first Super Bowl there. Brought the team a Super Bowl. And they are in good shape. He said it was one of his dreams to um, leave the team and give it to somebody while the team is in good shape. Not drag the team to the ground. And, and then hand over the keys to somebody to a terrible situation. So I thought that was pretty cool. That was a cool explanation to say this is a good time. I, I won a Super Bowl, had a great playoff push last year. This team slated to have a good playoff push this year. But it's just my time. And he, and he left it to the second part of the story to a black coach, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, who used to coach the Jets when they were sorry. They didn't give him a chance. I think Todd Bowles is one of, one of the top defensive coordinators around he is a a great defense coordinator but now he controls and part of the other reason why he stopped was because he said he also felt like um not only did he want to leave the organization at a good time he knew he wanted to to secure the families uh that were attached to him and what i mean by that is there are coaches that depend on him um i'll never forget when i was in college my freshman year um, my head coach took another coaching job at a bigger school. So he ended up leaving. How he announced it was he didn't really tell us. I just remember being in the um I remember being in the computer lab 
and a couple of the senior football players ran out, like ran out the the, the uh, library, like grabbed their stuff, ran out. And then I remember thinking, like, what's wrong with them? And then we got a text saying team meeting. Uh, like in the within that five minutes of them running out, we had got a text from uh one of the the coaches and said team meeting, mentor team meeting, uh ASAP, get to the facility ASAP or whatever, come and then within the next hour or whatever. So we we all sitting there, and I remember the head coach walked in there, and <laughs> he said, "Hey, I'm taking a job to better my family," and then walked out. That was the last time I saw that guy. I swear to God, that's how it went. It was like. At night too. This was we in the library, so this is after like spring practice. After we just seen him, uh, he came in, literally walked in. Said, I, I wish y'all well. Boom, walked out. Now he was thinking about his future. He wasn't thinking about the team at the time. He wasn't thinking about the players that he recruited. He wasn't. Which I'm not. I, I see both sides of it. I don't care that a man made a decision to better his family as a coach. Cool, go. Boom. But what I'm the story is meant because I remember the assistant coach. Getting up and saying, after he walked out, he said, uh, guys, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I don't know how to comfort y'all because I don't know where my job is. I just bought a house here. I just stapled in the community, and now the head coach is going, I don't even know if I'm going to be here. That's a scary feeling as a coach to know, like, okay, I don't even know if I'm going to be here the next couple of years or my job security during the off season. Do I enroll my kids? Do I do certain things? So I say that to say Bruce Aarons said specifically, I don't want to leave these families uh, with questions or where they're like, you know, they might end up going to the sorry team and then getting fired because they have a sorry team. He wanted coaches to have security, job security on a good team that he knows they're going to be here for the next five years because the team is good. And not only that, he left it to a black coach, which I found out the Buccaneers have employed more black coaches, two more than every um organization which is pretty cool because now Todd Bowles is and I think Brian Leftwich who is their offense coordinator so they had a black defense coordinator and a black offense coordinator now both of those two people upgrade one is the head coach one will probably be like um he's gonna be the office coordinator but he probably will be like um senior assistant or something like that second in command so that like that's pretty cool to see a black coach get elevated like that and and he deserves it he deserves it um now, where is everybody else falling line in this? Okay, I think that was perfect to see. You set a black coach up with uh, success. You gave him a good team. Now we get to honestly judge him instead of giving a black coach a sorry team, giving him two years, shipping him out of there um, like Miami did, uh, like the Chargers did. Uh, who else did that? Um, a couple other people have done that too. But I know the and then then just recently, uh, I think they made changes to the Rooney Rule. Uh, the Rooney Rule is not working, okay, and I understand that. But we got to put more pressure on coaches to have a farm of black coaches, like a Bruce Aarons. We got to put pressure on the NFL to give black coaches great scenarios, okay. So what I mean by that is just like Bruce Aarons. I'm tired. I want a I want a black head coach to be hired to a team that is not in cap hell, that is that has a quarterback, not looking for a quarterback, looking for stars, looking for a good team that's in transition that the coach can take them to the next level. Also, I think teams 
the 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 Rooney Rule. If we're gonna be, we need, if if we're gonna make a rule to enforce equality and equity in in the NFL, I think you need to go ahead and mandate that the staff has a certain amount of black people. the The staff should have a certain amount of black people. One of your coordinators should be black. That should be the rule in all thirty two teams. One of your coordinators should be black, and then will you see a farm of black coaches elevate? And be groomed like the Cal Shanahan's, like the McVeigh's, like the uh, the 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 self-proclaimed biracial guy in uh, Miami. I don't even know his name, but guys like that who've been studying all their life. If you make the rule, uh, mandate the rule for black every team to have a black assistant head coach or, or coordinator, then we get to evaluate black coaches. The problem is, and I, I do believe this, there is a handful of black coaches that are good. Um, Mike Tomlin is one of them. I think Raheem Morris is one of them. Uh, oh man, my guy who just left Miami, uh, who's visiting, who's with the Steelers now. I'm so sorry, I forgot your name. Uh, I apologize because uh, he's he's uh, Brian Flores. Brian Flores, I think he's a great coach. Um, Brian Leftwich is a hell of an office coordinator. Um, there's some other black coaches that are obviously deserving. Um, I'm not high on Eric being me, but he's been offensive coordinator. But that would be a cool situation if Bruce Harris does the same thing. Uh, well, not Bruce Harris. If uh, Andy Reid does the same thing Bruce Harris does and leave it, that will that would help. But I'm speaking more so to right now, how do we get more black coaches? And I think the problem is there is a small pool of black coaches, but that is because there isn't a lot of black coaches being groomed. You look at the HBCU world. And at the height of the HBCU world, most likely, see, it's weird when you're a head coach. Imagine you're being a head coach for 12, 10 years, seven years, eight years. You got like three championships at HBCU. And then a big D1 school calls you and they're saying like, well, just be our O-line coach or just be our defense coordinator coach or our recruiter. You have to start over from the beginning. You don't get um, ranked when you get back in, when you get in. And. The top HBCU coaches, some of the top HBCU coaches, they just do a, a, a coach carousel every year. You go from one HBCU to the next HBCU. Um, you sit here five years, then you go to the next HBCU for 10 years. It's not a lot of elevation. I think the NFL needs to partner. Teams need to partner with HBCU coaches because that's where most of the black coaches are. They're not in LSU. There are a lot of black coaches like there, but my point is you're not going to get a farm, a fair farm or grooming service for black coaches in the system you have now and the system you have now i'm i'm not saying it's systematic i'm just saying uh some guys who've been around the nfl like the nfl the shield uh, because of their dads were a coach and stuff like they get easy avenues to coaches because they were groomed and and they are i'm not gonna say they're not deserving of the job but they do um they are smart they are good because they've been around the game but they have been groomed we have to find some way to groom black coaches to to take these roles. And I think they need to partnership with HBCUs either. If you're an NFL city and your city has HBCU in it two hours away or something like that, you, you need to partner with them. The coaches should be able to come visit the facility, learn, do seminars, step in on practice. Um, flip side, the spring games might be held at the HBCU to give money. Like there is a, a way that we can band together and, and get this problem solved. 
Because there are a lot of black coaches that are deserving, super deserving, but don't get it because um, they give it to somebody else who's like our head coach at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Think about it like this. Our head coach at the Atlanta Falcons, who I think is a good coach, but he was groomed. He has never been. uh, He was office coordinator for the first time for two years last year. He's never been a head coach um, at college at any level. Um, He's been assistant here, assistant there, but he's been around the game. He got a head coaching job easier than Eric Bieniemy, who has a Super Bowl as an offense coordinator. Um, Raheem Moster, Raheem, not Raheem Moster, Raheem Morris, who has a Super Bowl, um, I think, too, as, as a defense coordinator, something like that. So uh, Anthony Lynn, like you see him saying, there's, there's guys that were like, OK, he definitely deserved his job, but didn't get looked at because they've been watching him since 2000. So we got a black coach who has the resume to get the job. But then you have Arthur Smith who might not necessarily, like if you looked at that resume, I don't even know why you would give him an offensive coordinator job. Like I said, he is pretty good. He is deserving because he was groomed. But if you look solely at the resume, I don't know how he got that job. It, it was literally solely because Arthur Blank probably knew his dad. His dad created FedEx. Um, he's been around the game for a long time, was able to be in high rooms. His name is known. So uh, that type of uh, favoritism is what we need in the black community. And I think they have to mandate that rule. If they want to see a change, they're going to have to mandate the rule. Now, the other thing is we got a coach like Mike Tomlin, who's a great coach. He's a great coach. He does a lot. But it has came to my attention that Mike Tomlin has not had a black office coordinator. Now, I don't know if that's uh, office or he has no black coordinators, offense or defense. I don't know if that's because the management, the owners, they choose to hire or whatever the case may be. But if you are a black person in a position and you're listening to this podcast, okay, I need you the next week to randomly uplift and help out a, a black person. Okay, so if you're on a staff, say you you have the power to hire and fire and you look at your staff and it's a lot, it's a a little, you know, it's not diverse, as they say in the world, in the political world. It's not that's politically correct to say if it's not diverse enough, then you need to add some diversity and, and get some black people. Because that type of nepotism is what they benefit from in the NFL. Oh, I know your dad. You can come get a job. So if you black, oh, I went to school with your dad. Come on. I, I need to give you a job. When you're in those high places, that's the only way to, uh, in, uh, to you know what I'm saying, counteract that. Like, that's the only way to, to fight back is to, to, when you're in that position, you reach down and randomly get a black guy like, oh, I know his kid. Come on, man. You, you can come be the running backs coach. You can come be the defense coordinator. But two things need to change. One. There needs to be a mandate on a number. You, you, Gunner has a, a line. And, and a lot of people won't get this, but I think it goes something like he says, uh, what did he say? By the time I remember what he said, I'm going to forget my point. He said something like, how you love that girl, but you don't know that girl. That's like setting a price on a dummy brick. How you love somebody, you don't know them. That's like setting a price on something you don't know you, you can get more for. You see what I'm saying? That was the line. I don't know what the point was because I forgot. I told you by the time I remember that, I was going to forget the point. But 
I'm trying to connect the dots to that line. That was just a good song, maybe. Maybe it was just a good song and it came to my head. But as a coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we need that farm. You see what I'm saying? You got to reach back. But, oh, mandate. That's my that was the that was the reason of the line. How are you gonna tell somebody? You're gonna tell somebody, hey, you you can do this, but you didn't discuss a set price. You know what I'm saying? That's how you gonna fall in love with something and make a rule, but you don't even know the outcome of the rule. So because of that, you need to set a mandate. You know what I'm saying? You need to sit here and say, hey, this number of mini black coaches need to be higher than the NFL. 46, 80, 55, whatever that specific number is. It has to be met. I don't think if you if you leave it up to them, they're they're gonna do what they want to do. If you leave it up to them, they're gonna do the senseless uh, interviews, uh, which I'm I'm curious to where the lawsuit with that is at. They're gonna do uh, the the formalities just to check boxes, but they're not doing it to cause change. And if they're serious about change, if they're serious, like I said, um, Lincoln Riley got a job before Raheem Morris. Um, and, and and other black coaches. Lincoln Riley was a, a coach at not Lincoln Riley. Who is I don't even know his name. The dude who's the Cardinals coach, the Cardinals head coach, coached at college, had a couple of uh, successful seasons, and now he's a head coach. He's a freaking head coach in the NFL, and I remember hiring that, and that was the worst hire. That was one of the worst hires, whether it's going to work out or not. He's a young guy, Sean McVay. Uh, Got a job. That's just straight nepotism. Even though he is boy wonder, I'm just saying. How would you know that from his resume? You didn't. They groomed him. So they're they're gonna always choose theirs if you give them the option. The NFL has to mandate that at least one of your office. I think that's fair. At least one of your coordinators should be black. That should be a rule that should be pushed because they're not gonna change on their own. Why would they? Why would they? And I don't even know if it's all based off of race. It's literally because their dad's dads knew each other and they like it, it. That's how it works. That's how it works. So we need to set the mandate. And then when we set the mandate, when you are a black coordinator, you reach back. You go to HBCU, get the top young office coordinator and say, hey, I saw what you did for this team this year. I want you to come be my receivers coach, but I'm grooming you to be a head coach in the NFL. That is the process that's not happening enough in in the NFL. I think when you're a black coach, um, you go to high school and you start over at a, a HBCU. The pinnacle of black coaching is usually uh, uh, HBCU. Now you got Michigan State's head coach who's breaking the norm, stuff like that. That's why I say I see the barrier about to change. I see I see it changing, but to give it a little push, NFL, to give it a little push, players, we should make a mandate. And that's something that needs to be talked about. Finally stamp it, mandate it, and we will have more black coaches, all right? And since I'm I'm pro-black, I'm so pro-black, my next podcast is going to be about the development of black quarterbacks. I got a theory, and I'm going to hit y'all with this, and I'm going to leave. Most black quarterbacks do not develop once they hit the league. Once they're in the league, that is just raw, pure talent, and they don't get they don't improve that much in between while they're in the NFL because coaches don't know how to coach black quarterbacks. Okay? And they're like, what do you mean? There's a lot of successful quarterbacks. They don't get the same play calls and reads. Their reads are usually look at the first guy, outlet, then take off. When they're down, when 
when a black quarterback is down and he's mobile, the coach just says, hey, they look at them and say, hey, you got you to gotta dig us out of this. Can you run and make something happen? Now, the offense can't. When a white quarterback is down, they literally scheme up some of the best plays you've ever seen. They give him some of the best weapons. They advance and they give him a running back. They, they try to get a line. Lamar Jackson has been the quarterback there for how long? And they have not gotten him a top receiver, top running back. He's, he's had a lot of pieces. Not saying Baltimore hasn't built the team right, but I'm saying as soon as you got a quarterback, you should have invested all the way in that quarterback. But they don't when you're a black quarterback, like a Cam Newton. They don't, they don't invest in weapons. They look at you and say, hey, can you win us a game? Cam Newton won 15 that season. Fell out after because his body was so beat up because they literally asked him, Cam, run right, run, run left. But uh, uh, Nick Foles can get some of the best play calling in the world to win him a Super Bowl. But that, that's what the next podcast will be about black quarterbacks and the development of black quarterbacks. So I hope y'all listening to this podcast. I hope y'all really feeling it. I, I, I did a, po- a black podcast like maybe two years ago and literally broke down how many coaches were in the NFL. I think that number from then two years ago is down now. It's down from when it was. I think it was like eight at the time. I know it's not eight right now. I think it's like six or five, four maybe. So uh, yeah, like that. It, it's just ridiculous. Man. We're gonna get some. We're gonna get some straightening. We're gonna get some problem solving. Yeah, all right, just keep listening to my podcast. I'm gonna keep coming up with ideas. All right, guys. I appreciate y'all.